Zen Parenting Radio, episode 159. Hi there. Hi there. My name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back. Zen Parenting Radio, episode number 159. Good. <laughs> um, Zen Parenting Radio, it's a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom. That's you, and mm-hmm. a logical and practical dad. That's me. We have three daughters, ages six, nine, and ten, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better, better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. My mantra: You ready? Yeah. You're not ready. I am ready. Do you want me to say it? That wasn't loud. That enough. wasn't loud enough. Hold on, let me get that get that drummer closer to the microphone. Yeah, drummer. Hey, can you get over here? <laughs> can you scoot up? Come on over here, drummer. Uh, the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. You know what else? You know what my new mantra is? What's that? It's not new. It's actually about mm, 10 years ago, one of my friends, my friend Jessica, gave me this card that mm. I've kept for 10 years because right. I loved it. And it says, um, it takes courage to become who you are and do what you love. And E.E. E. Cummings has a uh, quote that's very similar. I actually put it in my second book. I was like the intro quote that says something like it takes courage to become. It's something very similar. Um, but I think that's the key, too, is not only is it important to have an understanding of yourself, but understand that it's a courageous act. It's not easy. Do you think his friends called him E.E.? E.? That would be kind of a pain. Hey, uh, is E.E. E. home? <laughs> not only that, but they were little E's. He, It was... It's little e's and a little c, and I don't know why. But if you, if you, even if you like Wikipedia it or read about him, it go. It's I'm, small e's. I'm going to start being little t, <laughs> lowercase t o d d. You know what? I call our rabbit little g. I call him the G man. I know. Michael J. Fox. You know what his middle name is? It's like Anthony or something. But he, he there's too many Michael Foxes. No, because he didn't want to be Michael A. Yeah, there's too many Michael, Michael Foxes. A. Fox. He didn't want to be Michael A. Fox. What about our other guy? What about Jack from Lost? I love Jack. He's he, what's his name? His name is is. Oh my gosh, we are so getting old. These things. Matthew Shepard. Matthew. Well, no, Matthew Shepard was the kid. <laughs> Todd. That was the kid who was killed because he was gay. Oh. Jeez, yeah. Jack Shepard. Jack, she- no, that's him on Lost. Oh, what's his Christian Shepard? Christian, no, that's his dad. Um, he- Michael J. Fox. No, let me start over. His name in real life he's in is Party of Five. He's in Party of Five, and his name is Michael. No, his name is okay. There was Scott Wolf was on Party of Five, and then something Fox. Matthew Fox. Matthew, thank you. Oh my God, Todd and I are are struggling because we both separately even before we got together could like spout out useless facts about entertainment and songs and stuff and now it's a contest of whose okay. brain works less our brains crap out i can see exactly what i want to say and it does not come through so have some sympathy for or empathy for uh, stroke victims because yeah. your dad is a stroke victim yeah well and my- we'd be like uh you know get it out and it's it's there, but he can't. He can't. So, but what's what's hard for my dad is exactly what you and I are talking about. Is he knows exactly what he wants to say. It's got nothing to do with intelligence yeah. or mental well being. 
it's called aphasia where you can't access the word. Right. And he's been he has it obviously more extreme than we do. Right. But it's a it's tough. And people will then assume that he doesn't understand or doesn't know. And he does. He mm-hmm. just can't access the word. So we are getting a taste of that in our older age. Well, and here's the deal. We're 41 and 42 I years know, old. We're still so young. What happens when we're eight? I'm not going to know anything. Well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to strengthen that brain muscle. Crossword puzzles. Cro- and chess. Oh, you're going to play chess no, with me? No, I'm not. Oh. Oh, so close. So crossword puzzles, and I'm also just going to keep deep thinking. Don't you think word finds are like a poor man's crossword puzzle? Mm. Kind of, even though they're fun. I don't think word finds are that fun. What about when they're backwards and diagonal and upside down all at the same time? That's hard to, to manage. Skylar had a kindergarten word find, and it was diagonal, backwards, and... and it was hard. down down to up yes yeah. down to up um i want to talk about our partner okay hunter yoga yes dot com slash zen she has begun her practice she's begun her practice but it's not too late to get back in there i just got an email from her it's not too late the first seven days are free so for you busy moms who want to practice yoga who don't have time to practice yoga but you have a laptop go to hunteryoga.com slash zen sign up for the first seven days are free if you like it then you go for the full 28 days. And here's the thing. Um, for those of you who have your own practice but you're not making it to the studio that much or for those of you who aren't ready to get into the studio because you don't feel like you have the basic moves and language, this is a great way to get started. And it's Or for those of you who have been missing the studio, it's a great way for you to get back involved. And the way that Hunter does it is she does it at your own pace. So you can decide if you want to just do it gently or moderate. Or moderate. Um, and it's just a it's free for mm-hmm. the first seven days just jump on and see what you think yeah no risk no risk all right um, and where do they find that link hunteryoga.com slash zen hunteryoga.com slash zen and the reason the slash zen is so important is we want to make sure that people who sign up because they heard this yeah. she knows that it came through zen parenting it helps her yes exactly and us so you and I had Portillo's on Saturday. We did. For well, I kind of have Portillo's. For, the, <laughs> for those of you who don't know what Portillo's is, it is a um, kind of a high-end fast food, maybe. Like, well, it's better than McDonald's. Yeah, a very well-run, really good, um, very busy. So let me tell you something about my sweetie pie over here. She doesn't like hamburgers or hot dogs, and I respect that. Actually, mm-hmm. yes, you just said hamburgers, cheeseburgers. There's no reason ever to have a hamburger when you could have a cheeseburger cameron has hamburgers i have a problem with cameron do you really because of that okay so um but you usually have a stop somewhere before we go eat yes you have a stop and go get a sandwich from like jimmy john's or subway or pot bellies or something like that i think that other people who are also i'm a vegetarian or i think uh pescatarian because i actually do eat fish but i have been for i don't know how many years eight years whatever and it what it necessitates is having some out-of-the-box thinking where if your family wants to go somewhere instead of saying no we can't go there you figure out a way to bring what you need so everybody can enjoy what they like and i have no problem with that right do you have a problem with that no i love it (laughs) You no, love that extra stuff. Put it this stop. way. I'm glad we stop instead of not having yeah, Portillo's. Exactly. Because on the weekend, it's something that we enjoy doing. Portillo's is good. They have great fries. I got cheeseburger, fries, and a shake. Uh huh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's just 2,000 calories right that's there. That's just brutal. I don't, I don't even know. Maybe it's 20,000. I don't know calorie talk. Do I you don't know either. calorie talk? I, I really don't. Me neither. So we were at uh, Portillo's, and uh, we sat next. Uh, I sat across from my nephew. Yes. His name's Max. I call him the Butch, uh-huh. uh, and he used to be bald. 
when he was like one. When he was born, he was bald, and then he was he turned four, and he slowly started growing hair. He was bald forever. So Todd and I, when we got together, my niece was two, and Max wasn't born. So Todd and I, I think we're engaged by the time Max was born. So Max only knows life with you in it. That's right, and that's a great life if you think about it. <laughs> so um, Max is one of my favorite people in the world. He's a very uh, compassionate, beautiful young boy. Mm-hmm. And how old is the boy? He's 14, so he's not really young. And this was completely spontaneous and unplanned, but I just said, hey, what's going on? And he started talking to me about what's going on with his friends and girls and gaming and everything else. And you know, you and I kind of cornered him because we were trying to get insight on what it's like to be an adolescent. Is he an adolescent yeah. or pre-adolescent? He's adolescent because he's 14. He's a teenager now. What, what is that? What's, what's Pre-adolescent is that like 9, 10, 11, 12, like before you're a teen. So 13 means adolescent. It, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, adolescent can be around 11, 12. I'm doing some with my hands. I can like feel it. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> what's the word? Feel, I'm like, you're I. You're feeling your own fingers with your thumb. Yeah, I feel, and it's just everybody, like. Everybody stop what they're doing and just do that. And s- I don't, (laughs) I visualize things in my head or feel them, so it's sometimes hard to express. You speak with your hands. Uh, So anyway, it's that 12, 13 area. You can also call it being a teenager, but adolescence is that beginning of young manhood or young womanhood. So you wanted to title this podcast Innerscape versus Outerscape. Yes. And the reason we want to do it is because it was interesting because we talked about differences between boys and girls and male and female and how we handle emotions and how we receive how we feel our emotions, how we express our emotions. And it was quite um, very interesting. Well, can I give my take on this? Please. I was obviously in this conversation with Todd and Max. And I Todd is teaching fifth grade boys right now uh, through our BU program. He's working with them, talking to them about emotions. And even though I know that you know the importance of it and you've done all your research and all your reading and you understand, you know, all you got the big picture of yeah. why emotion, emotional health and emotional intelligence is a necessity for a contended life. But there's still a piece of you, I can tell, that's trying to make sure that you're guiding these boys with authenticity and that you're not just telling them to do something because research says so. Not only authenticity, but I need to be in their brain yes. to be able to teach what I think I have to share with them. While honoring who they are in the moment and not trying to make them older than they are. It's like we have to speak a language that they can hear rather than just say, oh, it's good to share your emotions. But how does a 14-year-old boy do that? And so what – so Max would say things like, well, when I have a tough day – you know, I said to him, Max, when you have a tough day, do you just come home and like feel like you just need someone to talk to? And he's like, uh, no, I go be by myself and get through it. Yeah, and he wasn't trying to be cool about oh, no, it. No. He was being very natural and truthful. There was no disrespect. Right. He was just kind of like, no, okay, that's not what I need. Whereas I know that some, me, and a lot of times girls his age, they just need someone to express that to. So there's a respecting of the differences, but... And so where you were going with him was you were saying, um, well, then, Kathy, look, he doesn't need someone to talk to. He doesn't need to express it. But the the point I was trying to make in that conversation is it's okay if he has different tools to deal with his feelings. We don't need to try and make boys different than girls or try and make them the same. Right. And, and a few of the tools that he said, and I know I'm, I'm interrupting you, so I apologize. So write your thought down so you don't forget, okay. is he goes down and he plays video games. Right. Not like for hours and hours, but that's what he does. Like I said, when was the last time you just had a really bad day? And he had to think for a minute or two. He, well, he, talk, he said he had a bunch of tests, a bunch he of homework a, or something. A, like a tremendous amount of homework one night. And he's like, God, that sucks. And I just, 
and we said, would it have been better if you kind of came home and you said to my mom, mom, I'm kind of bumming because I have a lot of homework or, or do you confide in your friends that you're mad that you have a lot of homework tonight? He's and like, he's no. like, of course not. Why would I do that? But here's the thing. He doesn't have to do that for him to understand that the feelings he, are, he is having are normal, okay, and that he can, instead of feel some sense of why is this happening or I need to do something differently or I'm doing something wrong, that this is just one of those dips. Mm -hmm. Because that's why I wanted to title this, even though, you know, I don't know if we're really using this title, but Innerscape and Outerscape, is that there can be a boy that you are looking at from the outside who or two boys, who it looks like they're doing the exact same thing, but really two different things are happening. Right. Let's say there's two Maxes. One Max comes home, goes to the basement and games, but feels that sense of stress, overwhelm, doesn't understand it, doesn't know why he's feeling that way, all feels like he, he's got to pretend he doesn't have it, feels like he needs to do something different, and feels that heaviness. Then there's the other Max who comes home and is going to use the tool of gaming or and but he understands that feeling stressed about school is normal that that life is he's going to be okay he's going to get through it that a lot of kids his age feel the same way and that it's just a dip and that he's going to use this tool to kind of get back on his feet from the outside those two boys look exactly the same right. but the inside is different because one of the maxes knows that everything that's happening is okay and that he's going to be okay and that he's good and right. that he doesn't need to change everything and the other boy is feeling that tension and that stress and doesn't feel feels like he's doing something wrong or is he's not good enough or strong enough because no one's normalized to that to him so what are you advising parents who say have a pre-adolescent or an adolescent boy that when this happens, that that it's our job as parents to normalize. Hey, I understand when something bad at school happens that you kind of get bummed. Are you? Is that what you're saying? I am. Like, there's a lot of different phases to this. I think that um, if I if we could catch parents right now who have young boys, because mm -hmm. let's just focus on boys, because it's the same for girls. But since we're talking about Max. To start those conversations early that when a child feels frustrated about something or they didn't get what they wanted, to normalize that for them and say, I understand how you feel and your feelings are, you know, they mean something to me instead of a suck it up kind of attitude. Right. And then that boy, it doesn't change the outcome. Mm -hmm. You know, it maybe a friend stopped being his friend and he's sad about it. It doesn't mean you go and get that person and say, you're going to be my kid's friend. They right. still have to process through their emotions, but they know that they can get through it. Right. So you start those conversations early. Then as a parent, you also talk about your own challenges, and your children get to watch you go through how you deal with stressful things. Do you blame everybody else? Do you internalize it? Do you get stressed and you know and not take care of yourself? Or do you demonstrate and role model ways to handle stress. Mm -hmm. So those are the two beginning things is start talking about this at an early age and number two, role model it yourself. Right. And then I guess the number three would be if you are starting right this second mm -hmm. with your 14 year old and you haven't been conscious of these things before, then yes, start saying, you know, is you can always ask, is there anything I can do to support you? Maybe it's just to but, leave him alone. But most boys are going to say no. I mean, right. honestly, even the emotionally literate evolved boy is probably going most are probably going to say, no, I'm fine. It's just weird for us because we think we can handle everything. Now, you may not ask for anything, but if someone is sharing with you and offering it, you're going to hear it. You, I can hear it, but just don't ask me to express it. That's fine. Right. And that's the thing is when Todd and I talk about these things with boys, especially fifth graders, 
the, the reason we separate them and that Todd goes with the boys and I go with the girls is there's two different conversations going on. Mm -hmm. There's a respect for the gender and there's a respect for that they handle things differently. Right. There is some overlap too, but what I talk to the girls about and what they share is very different than what boys are going to share. Right. And so we're not trying to make boys be like girls or girls be like boys. We're trying to say, if you already got tools, use them, but also understand what's going on on the inside, mm -hmm. innerscape versus outerscape. It's not about controlling your circumstances or changing other people. Right. It's about how you handle it inside. And that is the, that is the, not the equation, what am I looking for? That Form the formula for a contented life. Things are going to happen to you. We can't control that. But how are you going to manage it? Mm -hmm. And if the way you manage it is needing to be alone for a few hours first, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. You don't have to come home and talk about everything well and it's interesting like i, I want to first i have a few thoughts regarding um we talked to max about his friends and how the interaction yeah. of his friends before i do that i want to talk about our second partner uh, tree of life chiropractic care they do all of our adjusting spinal needs nervous system needs their number is 630-941-8733 dr kelly is amazing she's amazing with uh, children adults moms dads you name it so just get in there uh, chirotree.com so uh, when I was talking to Max, I said, well, how do you and your friends interact when, you know, something bad happens? Say a girl broke up with you mm -hmm. or whatever. And they said humor is kind of a big part yep, of humor. their communication style. Like they really don't want to put themselves in a vulnerable position. Like really, I think the best thing that if – let's take it off of Max. If I were 13 and something bad happened, whether it be with school or a girl or whatever, the best therapy would for, be for me to go play football with my friends in the front yard. Yeah. And that would be so much more meaningful than talking to my mom about it. Okay, now here's where I want to dive into the difference. There is nothing, that's a great tool. I want to go be with people that I care about and they care about me, and I want to go play football and just kind of release this energy. Mm -hmm. But while that's happening, do you know if a girl broke up with you? And again, maybe you don't know this fully. I don't want to make this too clean and mm -hmm. neat. But do you understand that the sadness you're feeling is okay, that it doesn't make you less than, right. that you are not alone in feeling this, that many people have felt jilted and, you right. know, you know, not seen or, or um, felt that, that grief. Right. And that it's not about the tool you use as it is about the acceptance that what you're feeling is okay right. and that it doesn't make you any less valuable as a human being. Right. That's the thing, is that's the thing, again, about you know two boys can both go play football with their friends but the way they process it internally is different well and i think our job as parents is to even though you're not getting reciprocation so let's say a mom says hey i know what it's like to be broken up with let's just say somebody mm -hmm. broke up with me and i just want you to know that it's okay to feel sad what let's say a mom does that and she and the kid said yeah like mm -hmm. a one word answer mm -hmm. And then goes in the basement. Doesn't mean it wasn't taken that in. That doesn't mean it mm -hmm. wasn't important that you said it. That's right. Um, so I think that is, uh, I think we uh, as parents try to, we think we know what's going on inside their brains and we really don't. And just because they're not responding the way you want them to doesn't mean it's not sinking in. And that's the thing is you want to be real with them and not force them to be not real with you because what they learn is just how to appease you. Right. A lot of you know kids will say to me, well, I know what I need to say to my mom and dad to get out of that conversation. Or right. I know what I need to say so they quit talking to me. Right. 
you want to be as as real as you can, and that's why it's so much easier. And again, I'm talking to you people who have young kids. Start these conversations early. Mm-hmm. Don't it don't don't start when they're 13 or 14 because it's so much harder for them to hear it. If you are if you're just starting this and you do have teenagers, it's not that it's hopeless. Mm-hmm. It's just that it may be a little more work. Yeah, right. Um, you may have to invest a little more time. Well, and I would I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, my point is is that to be honest about it, not go after it. The concept that we talk about a lot is detaching from outcome. And that's really freedom, where you just do things out of the goodness of your heart and you trust that it will find a place to land and that you don't need to control what the outcome will be. What I mean by that is if you notice that your son is struggling, because maybe you have heard from their friends that a girl broke up with him or he flunked a test or something, to just say, honey, I see that you're struggling. I just want you to know that I'm here if you need me. They may never ask for it, but it's nice to know. Absolutely. I'm here if you need me, and I've been through what you've been through, Mm -hmm. and I just want you to know you're going to be okay. Well, and we talked about this, whatever, a few months ago about how a lot of parents say, oh, my boys are so easy versus my girls. My girls are so drama-filled. The one point that I think needs to get across is your boys may be easy because they are not as in need of your attention for dialogue or whatever the case is. But just because they seem to be easy on the outside doesn't mean that all this full range of emotion that a 13-year-old girl has, a 13-year-old boy has too. It's just inside. So girls tend to be, I'm being gender generalizing here, but girls tend to be external processors. They need to say it out loud. They need to bounce it off other people. They need to talk to people. They need to have a good cry. Boys tend to be internal processors, which is why getting away and being by themselves is important. But it doesn't mean that they're not being affected. So I'm just repeating what Todd is saying. And instead of just saying, my boy has no issues, my boy has no problems, I think it, that I'm that would be great. He's a human being. He's a human being, though, and he's having feelings. It doesn't mean he needs to talk to you maybe the way your daughter does right. or the way that you do. But don't forget to do things like notice his experiences, ask about his day, occasionally just give him a hug out of the the blue, um, you know, be cognizant of what's happening with your sons. Well, and what I want to do is maybe give our listeners and more to the moms, because I think the dads have a better understanding of what it's like to be in boy world because they were once in boy world. But uh, to share some personal stories of mine regarding how I relate to my friends is I have amazing friends. And um, there's one in particular that I'll just bring up just because a few examples I've had is, uh, is I have a really good friend named Marty. And um, I remember in our 20s when we're always helping people move, you know, you're moving from one apartment to the next and everything. And it was whenever Marty asked me or I asked him, to move, we would both stop what we're doing to help the other guy out. And what's interesting is that um, we never once said, hey, I really appreciate this, or hey, I I love you and I would do anything for you. We do it through our actions. Acts of service, different love language. We don't don't share our feelings the way girls do. Mm -hmm. We do it by communicating with our actions, to your point. Because for whatever reason, maybe it's because we're scared of being vulnerable, or maybe it's because we're hardwired differently, or maybe it's a combination of the two. And that doesn't mean that there's not exceptions, but it's just important for the listeners, I think, to know that uh, w- I have no less love 
for my buddy that a girl has for her best friend. It's just shown differently. It's just shown completely differently. Now, you know, it's interesting because I am thinking about one of the movies that you and I love and I think a lot of people in our generation do is called uh, Swingers. And why this movie was so meaningful to me, I actually saw it in the theater, had no idea what I was getting into and ended up being like, wow, this is a great movie. The reason it's so great is because it's about male friendships Mm -hmm. and it's about the way that men can talk and relate to each other in a deep way, but not the way, it's not the way the girls would do it. For example, they can share with each other, um, there's great scenes like the one where um, after they, first of all, just the fact that Mikey, the main character, he's really upset about a breakup and his friends are aware, so they keep trying to get him out, get him out. And then there's a point when they go to Vegas, blah, blah, blah. They're on their way home, and remember T pulls over the car? Yeah. And he basically says to him, dude, you know, talk to me about this. You know, this new guy that she's dating, this is nobody compared to you, and you are so good and important. And kind of uses humor, and Mikey kind of brushes it off, but he gets the point. And then when his other friend, Rod Livingston, comes over after Mikey's been held up in his apartment for so long, basically sits down and says, man, I've been here. Yeah. And you need to get out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's the whole, I love that conversation of eventually you miss the pain. Yeah. And Mikey's like, you miss the pain. What right. are you talking about? But I know exactly what he means. Like, you're feeling, you're living, you're alive. And, you know, and Mikey kind of throws something at him. And, yeah. you know, they don't end up hugging it out. Right. But that's that's meaningful mm-hmm. conversation for men. Yeah. And then they go drink and have girls, you know. That's so right. it's both. Well, and it's funny because Swingers is one of those movies that completely nails the realism, realism. of mm-hmm. what, you know, 20-some-odd-year-old guys, how they relate to each other. Another movie that I adore and makes me feel young is Whenever I See Stand By Me. Yes. Because it's, you know, it's pre-adolescent. I think they're maybe eight They're or right nine or on ten. that verge, yeah. And um, it's, it's just a wonderful um, movie that kind of gives you some insights on how we all act around one another. And it's, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Well, and in that movie, you know, like outsider perspective, um, it's same thing. Guys tease each other, you know, everything's a joke, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, there's some meaningful um, experiences in there where they support each other, where there are tears. Where Chris and Gordy are sitting by the campfire yeah. and they're sharing their feelings and Chris starts crying because yeah. he gets blamed for stealing the milk money at school, yeah. even though he didn't. So yeah, and and that's the thing. It's not like all boys and men are Neanderthals. It's right. still in there, but right. it takes so many things to go right for you to be in a position to share those thoughts and feelings. And part of that is societal mm-hmm. because you've been taught not, not to, and part of it is because our boys, and this is something that's really important about making sure they they stay connected to themselves is they have a hard time connecting to others sometimes and and having that sense of trust and i think that's the thing about stand by me is you recognize that that is like a sweet spot for friendships oh yeah you know and then when you get past that it sometimes it takes you until the swingers age to get those kind of friendships back and i may be wrong i i hope that there's lots of teenage boys who have really good friends um, but there's a lot of game playing where we pretend to be something we're not or stronger than we are, right. and we're worried about showing how we really feel. Um, and that's just not boys. That's girls, too. So I think that the the gist of what we the conversation that we wanted to have was just about on the outside, things may look fine, and hopefully they are. But on the inside is the reason that Todd and I talk about the things we do and the reason that discussing emotions and showing emotions and processing vulnerability and 
um, you know, dealing with that kind of stuff is so their inner world can stay healthy. Right. It may not look any different on the outside, right. but the conversations are necessary because a lot of parents need this outcome like, well, he did this differently or he said this or he started acting differently. It may not show up that way, right. but you've got to trust that the conversation is getting in. One of my favorite uh, Zen quotes is um, chop wood, carry water. What does that mean? Um, I'll explain. It means that it actually the the entire quote is before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. And why that was so helpful to me is that in the definition of enlightenment that I'm using is um, that you start to become conscious and aware of who you are and what you're connected to in the bigger picture. And that when you become enlightened or become more conscious, and enlightenment is not, it's a journey. It's not something you reach and you're done. It's a constant journey. But once you start to become more conscious, you may not look different on the outside. Mm -hmm. You're still chopping wood and carrying water. You still have to live. You right. still have to you know, go to work. You still have to be a parent. But you feel different about what's happening. You handle it differently. So, so looking at it from the outside, everything looks the same. But looking at it from the inside after enlightenment, everything is different. Once you become conscious, you, you have different eyes. Right. And again, consciousness is a constant practice. Right. Um, cause that's another thing I'll get into is the remembering and the forgetting. But I think that like someone who knew me 20 years ago would talk to me and be like, Oh, she's the same mm -hmm. or whatever. And I am in many ways, I'm just me as you are you. But the way I see things is different in that I feel more content. Mm -hmm. Um, a quote that I just, uh, read yesterday, which I knew that you would like this is, um, people, people who know joy are easily pleased. Mm. And that's, that's always the consciousness work for me is, is it doesn't have to be big things. It doesn't have to be, um, grand gestures. You're just, you, you're, it's nice out today. I'm very pleased. Right. Um, you know, that person smiled at me. That's very pleasing. We see the goodness all around us. People who don't, experience that joy because it's overshadowed by so much guilt, shame, pain, fear, all those things, they're not easily pleased. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? I do. I do. Well, we talked about it last week about, you know, negative people and how much work it takes for them to see the good in anything. Yeah. You know, um, the last line in um, Stand By Me, actually, it's not even spoken. It's when it's written. Richard Dreyfus is typing on his computer. Is it, I think it is Richard yeah, Dreyfus. Yeah, it is. He's the narrator. He says, I never had any friends later on like the ones I had when I was 12. Jesus, does anyone? And mm, it's just. So great. It's, yeah, it's just like one of those things like when you're 12. Sweet spot. Yeah, it's just there's girls aren't that aren't the distraction that they will be soon or you know distraction i, I, I use <laughs> you won't be distracted by girls correct yeah you're not as you're just, it's just getting all there. about fun and playing with your mm -hmm. buddies and mm -hmm. it's you know they're going walking down the train tracks for a day and a and half aren't you like in stand by me those four boys are very different people mm -hmm. each of them is very different they have their own weaknesses and strengths yeah they have their own stories and backgrounds, but they accept each other for who they are. Yeah. And some of that starts to change where, you know, we get into like the whole breakfast club generation where you kind of start to split off and mm -hmm. only spend time with people who are just like you right. and, you know, and whatever that means, just like you, right. surfacey, just like you. And that's what I just think there's this overall acceptance um, where you love people just because you love them for because of who they are. Um, so I want to uh, give maybe some moms out there just a little more uh, advice or suggestions. Um, when you're 
if you have a son, whether he's eight or twelve or sixteen, um, to your point, don't um, don't expect anything. Don't go in with any expectations of uh, really seeing the good that you're doing by trying to reach out and help him. Right. So because detach you, from the outcome. Detach from the outcome and do it in short. Quick. I mean, it sounds shallow, but talk to him when he's in the car, when he doesn't have to make eye contact mm-hmm. with you. Talk to him when you're playing catch in the front yard. Um, and play a video game with him. Play a video game with him, and just um, and and don't make it into a big, long, extended, huge sit down because that's draining to even think about as a man. Well, and that's the thing is, even with our young children saying, "Okay, I need to have a talk. Sit across from me. Look me in the eye." Kids Forget can't it. do that. Right. And if you force them to, they are just going to try and get out of it as quickly as they can. You know, they the best way to talk to a child is while they're engaged in something mm-hmm. else because it will keep their mind focused somewhere else and then they can really pour their heart out, you know? Well, and I've even shared that when you and I are talking at the end of the day, it's easier for me to have a heart-to-heart with you when I'm loading or unloading the dishwasher. Sure, you got to move. Mm-hmm. I have to move. And I don't, would you say the same thing for you or no? Um, not really. I don't really need that. Yeah, you could just sit there and talk mm-hmm. and, you know, be focused and... It's just easier for me to be moving while doing it. Mm. So get your boy moving and then try to talk to him. You haven't done any swingers quotes. I know, but they all have F-bombs in them. They do. But what about your... your this is the guy behind the guy behind the guy? <laughs> the guy behind the guy behind the guy. But there's got to be some. I know, but I just... There's so many. I don't know which most of them have all right. some things. In okay. There. I want to talk about the virtual retreat. How much time do we have? Well, we're 33 minutes in. Okay, can I just talk about remembering and forgetting? Briefly. Because I um, saw this in, uh, I actually just saw this in a book this morning, and I found it really powerful, and I think it explains kind of what we're talking about. Uh, Life is about... um, Like a box of chocolates? You never know what you're going to get. That's right. Is about remembering and forgetting, and that... I think what what consciousness to me is is about remembering more often than forgetting. And what we mean by remembering is remembering your importance, remembering the oneness, remembering your gifts, um, remembering the bigger picture. Like Todd um, made all of us, and I'm saying made because he really did, watch a Khan Academy video oh, about yeah. the universe and how many galaxies there are and how many light years we are away from certain galaxies and how small we are. And when you get those big picture ideas of how small we are in the frame of the universe, it gives you an understanding to not take things so seriously and to just appreciate our human experience here Um, and to understand that we have limited time and to fully embrace it rather than get caught up in the minutiae. And that is remembering. And at the same time as we're so small, we are also so important to the whole each of us make up the whole, and we are here with all these gifts and talents, um, whatever they are. They're different for everybody, and we're supposed to be using them and, and feeling joy. We don't trust joy. We think that if we're experiencing joy, then we're not suffering enough, right. and we've got it wrong. Yeah, That's remembering. Forgetting is where we get lost, 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 stress, stressed, fear, fear. And we are, we're all going to forget you know, over and over again, but the process is to continue to remember as often as possible and maybe stretch out those times of remembering. Mm-hmm. And that's what this show is about is trying to remember <laughs> and um, remember also what you already know. Remember what you know, because that's the thing. We're not telling you anything you don't know. No, but no book tells us something that we don't know. We already know it. We're just if it resonates with you, it's because you're remembering, mm-hmm. you know, you're just remembering. Um, so 
that's what something like the virtual retreat is about. So if you wanted to say something about that. Well, virtual retreat was your brainchild, but basically it is, we are going to do it in February. Uh, February 5th it begins. And we are going to um, help anybody who wants help mm -hmm. with communication styles among couples among coworkers, coworkers, friends, or just how you can relate to people better. It's a relationship retreat is what we're calling it. So it's for individuals, for couples, for a workplace, um, or, you know, do it with a friend, you know, just kind of the reason that we're having it be relationship oriented and asking you to join others is because it's more fun to practice when other people are doing it. Because not only do you have these interesting exchanges, but you can kind of process how it's going. Um, and so that's that's the gist of it. I'm looking at your flyer here, but it doesn't have a date on it. So February 5th through February... It doesn't have a date on it. No, it doesn't. Come on. Maybe it's an old one I'm looking at. Yeah, it must be. But what about this? So... Is she looking at me now? No. How about now? Is she looking over here now? No. What about now? Is she looking now? No, she's not looking at you, dude. Will you quit asking me if she's looking at you? She hasn't looked at you. Wait, she just looked. See what I'm saying, man? You understand? That's 26 minutes of glory. That was T and Sue. And there was no, and that was a leap of faith because I thought they would have dropped an F bomb, but well, they didn't. Well, Sue. Yeah. Boy named Sue. Boy named Sue. Um, uh, oh, Avid Company, 630-956-1800, painting and remodeling, uh, western suburbs of Chicago. Uh, Jeremy is the owner, a good friend, and very good at what he does. So if you need any uh, house improvement, additions, rehabs, uh, give painting, him a call. Painting, yeah. Avidco.net. So, uh, yeah, sorry I'm screwing up the date. So here's the thing. I know when it is. It's a Wednesday. I believe it's February 5th. And then it's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We take a break on Saturday and Sunday. And then we join back up again Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You're right. And when I say join back up, all I mean is virtual. It's all through email. Um, it's all through, we're going to offer Zen Parenting podcasts to kind of, you know, to deepen the process. And they're just special for the retreat. So they're not, they're not for the public. Um, we also uh, have a some social networking. We'll create a Facebook page so people can interact. Podcasts? Because as I, I said Sorry. podcasts Sorry. that are special for the retreat are you <laughs> i was thinking about what i was going to say next. um so and the facebook page is completely optional you can just be a voyeur and just notice what other people are writing or you can share your experience which always kind of you know deepens it enriches it so and we also have a little four minute audio clip talking more about it don't we yeah so we'll put that in the show notes. that'll be in the show notes and so if you're not quite sure how you're gonna what this is because you've never done it before um listen to the audio clip that we have about the retreat and maybe it'll help you want to jump on board if you um sign up as an individual you can give it to a friend for free if you sign up as a couple then it's just one price for the two of you if you sign up as a workplace it's one price for five people so it's a really good deal um as far as what it usually costs Correct. we're trying to make it more simple yeah hopefully not more complicated easier is better i'm trying to pull up to see if anybody gave us any reviews i've we've gotten lots of good feedback and i don't have it in one place and i'm not good at marketing in that way yeah no no reviews as of late so if you want to oh, get your are you talking about itunes reviews iTunes oh reviews. i thought you were talking about reviews for the retreats because this is like our sixth one no no um so anyways uh give us a review on itunes right sure why not sure and share our Facebook page and share our post because it's you people that are going to make um, this show grow and, and help support And big us. news, I don't know when you're listening to this show, but our uh, 
Girl Rising documentary is being shown on Tuesday, January 21st. Um, so you may be listening to this after this is over. But for those of you who have tickets, we can't wait to see you there. Don't forget to print your tickets and bring them with you. Um, and uh, that's it. That's our showing. And don't forget about HunterYoga.com slash Zen. Um, I don't know if we put the dates on there, but this is going to be uploaded on January 21st, 2014, because some people listen to it way after the fact. So uh, the immersion start started yesterday, but you can have all week to jump on it. Okay. So anything else, sweetie? Um, no, I'm just kind of waiting for you to bring in the music. There it is. That music? That goodbye music. Goodbye. So lots of things today, remembering and forgetting, Innerscape, Outerscape. Boy World. Boy World. It was, it was good. I hope it was helpful, and thank you to Max for... Um, engaging us in a conversation about this. Thanks, Butch. Yeah. Adios, everybody. Have a great week. Bye-bye.